It's finally here, the debut of our World Soccer Show, Football Without Borders. That's right, the World Cup qualifiers are basically done and there's so much to talk about. Of course, like Mexico finishing above the U.S. in CONCACAF qualifying again. <laughs> Come on, not cool, man. And we're going to make our picks for the Champions League quarterfinals. We're ready to go. This is Football Without Borders. Hello, everyone, and welcome in. This is 110 Football's newest show. This is Football Without Borders. Uh, but there's no time to waste because we've got a huge show for you planned today. We're going all around the world. So let me introduce the legends that are with me. To my right, a legend of CONCACAF, Mexican international. You see him on Fox Deportes, Mariano Trujillo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm exciting. <laughs> and to Mariano's right, a legend in her own right. You love the world famous She Knows Arsenal podcast. It's Justino. Jessica Black is here. So I've got a pretty good crew. And then there's just me. Oh, I got, come on, baby. I only got these shows. This is all I got. I got these shows and you guys. So I got a good crew. That's, that's all I can have. <laughs> all right. So we just passed 1,000 subscribers, Mark. Um, but that's no reason not to do it if you haven't already. Pass this link around. Tell your friends. There's a new show in town. And we're talking football the world over. Before we dive into the World Cup qualification drama from the last from last week, a reminder that tomorrow morning we'll be live at 9 a.m. with our World Cup draw reaction watch party. Wow. Let's find out who's in the group of death together, shall we? But before we can do all that and before we can really kick off the show, last week Connor was able to attend the Mexico-USA match, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, it was at Azteca in Mexico City. Connor texted me to say that because he's not an old person, he carries his phone <laughs> everywhere. Okay, thanks, Connor. And decided to vlog the experience. So let's see how Connor got on in Mexico. Hey guys, we're here, Studio Azteca, USA versus Mexico. It's gonna be good. We made it through. They didn't scan the tickets on the phone until I made it really big, so like for a second I thought I wasn't gonna get in, but we're in. Some US fans, a little stage. It's nice. We're here, things are warming up, it's gonna be good. I'm so good at vlogging. I should just do this for a living, what do you think? Here at Estadio Azteca, nil-nil. Pretty bad game overall. Uh, no goals. USA missing two sitters, one from Pulisic, one from Pifak. Bye-bye. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend. You're <laughs> laughing at him. We're all laughing at him. Uh, you know Azteca very well, Mariano. Tell us something that maybe Connor didn't show us in that little video. Well, definitely the food. 
you have to eat tacos outside of Azteca Stadium if you're visiting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with him. I think the game wasn't wasn't great. You know, I think the U.S. had a, a clear chances, but I think the experience overall is a great one. It was only 50,000 people, but when the it's it's completely open, it's more than 80,000. Uh, it's a great experience. It's an iconic stadium. So if you guys have the chance to go for a game or just to visit, please don't miss it. It's it's a great a great experience. What is the go what's the taco? Like what's the move? What? Well, I, I mean, there's plenty of food. Uh, tacos, sopes, obviously meat, pork. Uh, whatever you want, whatever you want, there's in the menu. No, don't worry. I'm, you, can you guys handle the show? I could just get <laughs> down to Mexico City. That's just going to be so hungry. I know, now, I'm, now I'm starving. All right, well, let's, let's start talking some football. And to do that, uh, we like to kick off the show with hashtag what's trending. And it has a cool graphic. I don't. That's the thing. What is that? That's the thing. <laughs> All right, Mario, you're right, going to start us off with the, well, our yeah. first what's trending topic. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, CONCACAF is over. You know, Mexico and the U.S. are in the, in the, in the World Cup in Qatar. I think Canada, it's in, it's in a different bag. It's in a different place. They were so good throughout the whole qualifying. Costa Rica had a, a great close of the, of the qualifiers. Uh, but you know what? I think I'm not that happy with Mexico finishing second. You know, I think uh, we normally are in the, in the, in the World Cup. We normally go out of the group stage in the World Cup, so we always demand a little bit more of our national team. And I'm not being picky, but I don't, I don't like the performance and the way they're playing right now. And I'm a little bit confused and, and worried about what, what's going to happen in the World Cup. But what do you guys think? Is it important or not? Uh, well, I mean, uh, as a U.S. fan, mm. first and foremost, you've got to qualify. So for us, I think it, all that mattered was that they qualified. I'm just being pragmatic here. I'm just going to throw this out there. Regardless of first to third, Okay. U.S. Mexico in pot two, right? So once Portugal qualified, there's no chance to get into pot one. So for me, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Because it's not gonna. It's not. I mean, look, the World Cup seven months from now. It's not. not your qualification first or third is not gonna affect. For me, what's gonna happen seven months from now? Hmm. Yeah, there's no trophy for it. I think it's okay. Like as long as you make it, for, especially from a U.S. perspective. But um, let's give some some you know, plaudits to Canada. They really did deserve it. They played so well. They had the perfect fusion of the right players with the right coach. I mean, there's so many people talking about what they're doing and now there's eyes on Canada as maybe the best team in CONCACAF and it's no shade to Mexico or the United States. They they did what they had to do, but Canada definitely deserved it. And I just think, let's see what happens in the World Cup. Let's see mm. where everybody kind of falls then. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Luis Reyes said we need Chicharito, and I agree with him. You know, I Ooh. think Mexico needs Chicharito uh, to, to move a little bit better. They're having some problems scoring some goals. Yes, definitely, uh, and creating chances. So. But Tata doesn't like him because he doesn't do much other than score goals, right? Am I right <laughs> Which there? Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Which is there's, weird. It is there, the ultimate point of the game. There's a little bit more than that. Uh, so is Chicharito Mexico's Ronaldo, maybe? Uh, well, yeah, he's he's the, the the leader in terms of mm -hmm. in terms of scoring goals with the national team. But I think it's it's more than that. I I think it's not just what is happening on the field. I think with Chicharito is a little bit more off the field. Uh, but it's a World Cup, and and the fact that we couldn't beat Canada or the U.S. In, um, at a stake stadium, it's a, it's a clear message and it's a warning mm -hmm. sign of be careful, guys, because Canada is the best. The U.S. is it's just right there. So if you don't improve, uh, you might be the third one and probably you know fighting for the playoffs in the next World Cup. Well, Luis is a prime example, saying Mexico needed Chicharito, and you're used to this having played Mexico. This is this is the culture. This is the vibe in Mexico, South America, Central America, where 
basically the fans are never happy. I don't know. Yes. Unless, unless they're actually <laughs> raising the trophy, they're never happy. But slowly but surely, I think this starting to happen with the national team. Because when I said, look, U.S. qualified, it doesn't matter. Mm. The amount of responses that I got back, oh, I, I can't believe you would just take that place. Yes. So it seems like something's changing. Is that good or bad? Hmm. Well, I'm, what do you think? I want to hear your. I want to hear your answer. It's just, I want to hear both of you. Yeah. And the I'll, the I'll, culture I'll, change. I'll yes. Is it good or bad, Jess? It it can be a good thing having higher expectations of of your team because you feel like they're better now. But we have to be realistic. I I think that when you just look at the the names on the team sheet, you see your McKinney's and your Adams and your Gio Reyna and mm -hmm. your Pulisic, and so you're thinking, oh, you just put all these players together and it just it just goes. It's gonna go boom. And I don't think it really works that way. This team needs more experience. They need more time together. And so I would say it's nice to have higher expectations and want to push forward, but also let's be realistic with this team and be patient because just qualifying for the World Cup is a very huge step for them. So I think it's a bit of both. Like just keep it within the realm of reality. Like we don't have a divine right to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. It was uh, the main goal to qualify to, to the World Cup especially after what happened in, in going to Russia. But if I tell you Juventus, Chelsea, um, and all these European uh, teams, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, you must have an amazing team. And yes, you have an amazing group of talent. So if you as a coach, as a fan, don't demand that same quality with the national team, I think you're being a little bit uh, uh, complicit is the word, mm -hmm. uh, because you can do more than what you did. You know, in these qualifiers, they used, weren't able to get a good result away from home. You know, they didn't win at the state stadium, having two clear opportunities uh, from Kristen Pulisic, it, it could have been uh, a great result for them and, and a stepping stone. Same going to Costa Rica, you know, qualified and all that. Not a great Costa Rican team. Okay, this is the opportunity for me to start uh, changing history and to change to change the mentality of the new generation. Oh yeah, we can go to the Azteca Stadium and beat Mexico. We can go to Costa Rica and beat Costa Rica. Uh, I think they miss a great a great chance and a great opportunity, regardless of you being qualified to the World Cup or not. Look, we know that they wanted to win. Uh, obviously, <laughs> yes. obviously, that's true. That's true. I'm with you. But yes. the mindset when you know that, like, the most important thing here is qualifying, and we just can't lose by six goals. Because I look, I thought they they qualified after the first half. If I'm being totally honest, because yeah. the way Costa Rica played in that first half, the U.S. was like, I don't, there's almost no reason coming in the second half. There's no way this team is scoring six goals without us scoring. My thing is this. Yes, it is nice to be able to win on the road in Concacaf and and have that, and so the players have that experience. But you know what happens then? You go to the World Cup and you lose some games and they'll be like, oh, well, they thought because they won in Costa Rica, you can win the World Cup. <laughs> like, it's, it's just not apples to apples. So that's yeah. to me where I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm more pragmatic. I'm more like, just get there. Yes, it would have been nice and I would have wanted that experience because yes. I know those guys want to win. But I, ultimately, I just, I don't think it matters. Seven months from now, when they show up to that World Cup in very different conditions, I don't think that a win in Costa Rica is we'll going to matter. There. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's pivot over to UEFA and the playoffs that happened there. Um, I, I think they, they canceled that tournament. No, we're, we're going <laughs> to talk about you it. Tried. We're definitely going to talk about it. We're going to get we're going to get to Italy and their failure. <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about maybe Portugal is where we should start here, because Portugal, like Italy, is a team with tons of talent. And it was strange to see them in a scenario where like they could potentially go out and like not 
qualify for the World Cup. I mean, if you have Ronaldo on your team, you are expected to be there, right? And it just didn't seem to really work out for them early on in their qualifiers. Even in the Euros, they really struggled there as well. And so I want to know from you, Mariano, what went wrong then to lead them up to having to actually go into the playoffs? And what went right for them for them to actually go through? Well, and actually, I think you said it. You said um, they were expecting to be in the World Cup. And I think that expectation probably uh, was a wrong message for the players. Uh, you know, probably saying, oh, but we have enough, enough talent. We have players in great form in, in their clubs. So when we come together as a national team, it's going to be a piece of cake for us to go to the World Cup. And then realize that it wasn't like that. So when they were in the spot of, okay, if we don't really play as a team, we're about to be out of the play of, of the World Cup. Uh, they put the Cristiano Ronaldo aside. You know, he's a great player. Yes, he can score goals, but they also have Jota Fernandez, Joel Felix, Otavio, players that are in a great form. And in the end, those players playing as a team with Ronaldo were able to qualify to the World Cup. I think that's the future for this Portuguese team because Ronaldo is not getting younger. Yeah, they learned that lesson too late. <laughs> well, no, that's what they, qualifying, <laughs> qualifying is about being a team. And this Portugal team uh, is right now just a, a, an amalgamation of a lot of really good individuals. And what you're seeing is they drop down into a knockout tournament because of that. But man, when you have those guys in a knockout tournament, it's almost, you almost don't need tactics per se. Because like you said, you got Bruno Fernandes, you got Joao Felix, you got Diego Jota. And then at the end of the day, you have Cristiano Ronaldo who can score on any team anywhere in the world. That's where it's going to bode well for them. But I, I still worry, like you do, if, if they don't come together as a team, they're going to struggle in, in the group stages. However, if they make it in the knockout round, you don't want to play them. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, just one quick point with Portugal. I think their center backs are, are not uh, – I mean, I think they're in great shape. They're in great form. But they're 30-plus. You know, going to the World Cup, Pepe is still playing. He's a starter. So I don't know if he's going to be able to cope with what the World Cup uh, needs. Uh, I think Ruben Diaz events. would be back, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, when yeah. he that's comes what, back, that's who they're missing. that will be the difference for, for, for that team. But um, I think we have to address the elephant in the room here. <laughs> um, Portugal made it. Italy didn't. Vince, what happened? Talk to me. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I think I told some, this to somebody, uh, Mark Dos Santos at, uh, at LAFC. I said, uh, you know, the great Italian teams that you remember always had a very good goalkeeper yes. and one guy that could just score you a goal. And the two things that went wrong for Italy in that game was a, a bit of a goalkeeper error and mm. nobody that could just score you that goal. However, I loved watching that team because they played as a team. Mm. They didn't play like the Italy team I'm used to. They had a midfield. I mean, Verratti was incredible in the game. The way the midfield was driving them forward, the amount of chances that they were creating, you thought they were going to break through. But as it did tick down to the 80th, 85th, you know, it, it getting close to the 90th, it just – there was a pit in my stomach and you just kind of knew – what was going to happen. So, I mean, credit to North, North Macedonia. I will, will only strike against them. There's a Cinderella story. Why couldn't they finish <laughs> it out? I, if they would have been able to kill off Italy and Portugal, put them in pot too. Put them, like, give them the credit they deserve because that, that was a, an incredible run, but just one step too far for them. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that Italy's not in the World Cup, but I have the perfect solution. You know, okay, Italy, now I'm listening. Italy once, once won the, the World Cup, right? So mm -hmm. there's only eight World Cups. Uh, the world champions, I'm sorry. And uh, for the next World Cup in 2026, we're going to have 48 teams. Okay, So if you're going to have 48 teams, you want the quality to go up, not down. So my proposal to you and to FIFA is just give the World Cup champions a straight and direct ticket to the World Cup. 
up to 10 teams, up to 10 national teams. So Italy will be there. What do you guys think? Oh, I, like don't, have to, no, I don't have to no. suffer anymore? Yeah. When are you running for Uruguay, FIFA president? Italy, Argentina, Brazil, all those guys, straight to the World Cup. Like it or not? President of FIFA. <laughs> Tomorrow. So I like, I like that idea. I do think that there should maybe be some, um, you want something before, so you get kind of like a pass. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like good faith. You're a good team. We'll, we'll let you through. Here's my edit. I think... Mm. Because we're going back in time, maybe teams that won before. I mean, okay. they usually do make it, but I think it just has to be more relevant to where we are maybe in the, like, the last two years or so. So I would say if you win in your federation, like if you win the Euros, okay. then you make the World Cup. If you win mm. Copa America, like you, you get to go to the World Cup. So like the example for that would be Argentina and Italy. They would get to go through. There you go. There you go. It, I mean, Italy, in a lot of regards, deserves to go through because they did win the Euros. I think, obviously, with your plan, they would be very happy to just of course. not worry about it, especially <laughs> missing two times in a row. But I'm starting to now think about like a team like Uruguay, who has to go through Kame Bowl. It's so tough. But they won back in 1950. Yeah. I mean, do we celebrate? No, no, no. I mean, I think it just winning winning the World Cup, it's a, it's a tough accomplishment. And, but and, 70 years ago? Yeah, it's same as England, right? Yeah. Same as England. And and, uh, and they compete, you know, when they go to the World Cup, they usually go to the uh, second or third round, Uruguay, because they have good players and good teams. So it, it is a, a complicated accomplishment to win the World Cup. And if you make it, uh, I think it will be fair. But I, I like your idea, actually. If you win your confederation, straight to the World Cup. Well, what would that do for, like, a competition like the Gold Cup? Oh, that would be you know, great. That would make it more. I mean, it would make it that much more competitive. I think maybe the other nations in it would be like, well, can you stop setting it up so that it's always Mexico versus USA in the final? Let's make it a little more competitive. Um, but I would love it if that meant the Gold Cup also moved. Like, and it goes to Mexico, great, it goes to Canada, it goes to other places. I think that's a great way to build up hmm. our region. Great. Well, FIFA, we have some ideas. <laughs> Mariano, for, for FIFA president. Uh, I want to say one thing real quick. Uh, Obed, Obed Martinez, you're asking who is your dark horse for the World Cup? This is a little tease. Maybe stick around. We might mm, talk about mm, that. Mm. Uh, but I want to move on to where I think is actually the most difficult region to qualify from. It's, it's Africa. AFCON is, is just a slugfest. And then your, what you get for it after getting towards the top of your group, you then have to play in a playoff just to get in. Yeah. So not only is that tough, but these playoff games this last week, you had Cameroon, Algeria, where... Cameroon scores, forces extra time. Algeria scores in the 119th minute, but then in 120 plus four, Cameroon scores to go to the World Cup. I mean, these, this competition was wild. I want to ask you guys, well, how did you see the AFCON games? What did you guys think about just the general playoff vibe and atmosphere of those AFCON games? Well, I always thought that South America was uh, the most difficult qualifiers in the world, but but you're totally right. Now, you only have one shot. You know, it's a playoff, and if for whatever reason you're not uh, at your best, it's not your day, you're out of the World Cup. So that's really hard. Plus, the environment around, uh, we saw multiple examples of that, right? So it's not easy. And the best example is, is Mo Salah, right? He's an amazing player, great player with Liverpool. He's not going to be in the World Cup. I mean, he, he took a bad execution of a penalty kick. That's, that's a shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, talking about Mo Salah and Senegal, let's take a look at uh, some of that atmosphere that they, <laughs> that they were welcome to in that, in that match. Uh, we had, uh, here, here it comes. It's going to drop any second. Oh. How can you play like that? How can you take a penalty kick like that? And those lasers are very, very small, so the amount of people doing that <laughs> is insane. And I'm just trying to figure out where the stewards 
taking these people away and like being like, can you not use this? But that just speaks to the environment that the African nations have to get through in order to qualify. And so you need to put more respect like on the African nations and what they have to do. But also like what you said with the, the Cameroon um, Algeria game, the chaos factor is just, it's box office. I'm like, if you don't watch AFCON or African qualifiers or any of those teams play, please watch them in the World Cup because those teams, they bring that chaos factor that we love and that's why yes. we love the game, right? Um, but kind of piggybacking off of what you were talking about, about Mo Salah, I mean, I think when you're considered maybe the best player in the world, you're also expected to carry your country on your back. We've seen that with Messi as well, where there's like that, it's just there in the in the atmosphere. What does this do for him? You know, if, if you, you didn't win AFCON, you're not going to the World Cup, Liverpool, could either get, I think they can still get the quadruple or they could get nothing. Yes. You know, you wow. know, or just the Carabao Cup. What does that do for him? And especially <sighs> as maybe the potential best player in the world. Yeah, exactly. I think that tag of being the best player in the world gives you uh, a lot of responsibility and it's a burden for him because it was uh, during the African Cup and now the qualifiers, same rival, his teammate was on the other side. So a lot of, uh, you know, condiments that add to that frustration that Mo Salah is leaving right now. And it's not easy. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow for Mo Salah because now he has to go to Liverpool and perform because he wants to win silverware. But like you said, Jess, he might not win uh, just one trophy this year and it will be a year for him to forget, right? But it is life. It is soccer. So we, we have to take a step back and actually uh, just uh, give a big round of applause to these players that are competing because you only have one chance to win and there's only one winner. The rest, we just, you know, making or they're making their effort to, to do their best. We laughed a little bit at Mo Salah with the laser pointers. It's actually kind of gnarly. Um, so I'm gonna, I wanna show everyone something <laughs> that, that will make us laugh from, from AFCON. I saw this meme and immediately chuckled. Uh, check, check this out about Nigeria. Uh, if you don't know, <laughs> uh, Argentina loves to play Nigeria in the World Cup. I, they've, taken, they've played each other five times. Argentina's won all five. All five, yes, all five. exactly. Uh, so you, you brought up Leo Messi, he's gonna miss his old friend Nigeria, he's not going to be able to play against it. But as we're talking about down there, uh, let's just talk a little bit about Kame Bowl. Uh, Peru Oof. almost got done dirty, almost. but able to pull it out and at the expense of Colombia. Yes. So how do we feel about Peru now? They're going to play, they're gonna play in, a, in a playoff, um, but they look pretty good. They look pretty good. They didn't start well in Kame Bowl, uh, but Gareca... Um, send the right message to the players because the player believed what he was saying even though they weren't performing well and they weren't uh, getting the results that they wanted in the final part of uh, the Colmebol qualifiers they play amazing they play really good and in that game against Uruguay with that uh, goal that VAR uh, say it wasn't a goal because he didn't cross the line and I think it was fair uh, but they were still complaining about it and probably their state of mind was somewhere else they needed to win at Peru against uh, uh, not an easy team with Parra White and Miguel Almiron former MLS player and they did their job right but mm -hmm. yes it is a shame and, and it is pretty sad that just as Italy Colombia is not going to be in the World Cup with so much talent on the field especially Luis Diaz man I'm, I'm going to regret not having Luis Diaz in the World Cup yeah Breakout star in the Premier League. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, well, speaking of South American teams, I mean, we're talking about, we you know, talked about Chile and Colombia, two teams, very good, not going to the World Cup, but, you know, you have Argentina and Brazil still. Mm. And um, in particular, that they're kind of like the poster 
teams yes. of South American football. Is this the year that they may be able to do it? You know, there's mm. there's kind of a cloud hanging over, I think, especially when it comes to Brazil, you know, in the 2014 World Cup that yes. was actually in Brazil, the 7-1 <laughs> and all of that. It, does, it doesn't feel like they've ever kind of gotten through that. Yes. But I'm looking at that team now, you know, with Coutinho coming back in. Um, Tiago Silva at 37 years old still doing that thing. He's still doing so well. I mean, the team is stocked with so much talent and they seem to be playing really well under Tite. Can it be them? Can it be Argentina? Who do you think? Like, or is it not a South American team's time yet? Uh, I think uh, it is. It is a time for a South American team to win the World Cup. I see Brazil with uh, an amazing pool of talent, but not just that, they are, they are a team. And uh, we can see uh, even when the starters are not on the field, the team plays amazingly. Even with Neymar, they play amazingly. Vinicius playing well. Smart thing about the coach is bringing players that probably are not at their best with their clubs, bring them to the national team to feel that vibe and that environment and boost them up for what is next, which is a World Cup. Coutinho, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Lucas Paqueta, a lot of players, and you can see right and left, it's like, oh, man, there's so much talent. They can actually put two teams together. I think Brazil is it's a solid one. Well, in the World Cup, I'm a big fan of history. And if you, if you think about World Cups and European teams winning World Cups, outside of Europe, they generally don't. Spain kind of broke that with winning in uh, South Africa. Now, Qatar is a totally different region. We've never had a World Cup in that area, but I just think not only the history, but you think about the weather. I don't know, I just feel like European teams are going to wilt a little bit. I know it's technically winter. Uh, <laughs> but European teams are just going to wilt a little bit, whereas Brazil, Argentina, like, they don't care. They'll play anywhere, man. So I, I just, it, there's something, I just think those two, the weather and the history combined means that, yes, it, it could be a year for Kame Bowl or maybe a North American team. No way. I'm just really? saying. Ben, I'm we're not <laughs> What would you say about reality, Jess? <laughs> like, let's just keep it, you know, inside reality. No, but I, I think that those are really good points. The the environment, the weather, and timing is always is always the best thing. It's like, are the players coming to like a crescendo at the same time mm. with the manager and, and the environment, all that? And I do think, like what you said, the Brazilian players, I, I was watching one of the documentaries, I forget it was, but they were talking about how they just love coming to the national team yes. because they can just be with their friends and it's, it's, it's a different thing. And you can see that even Neymar, somebody who doesn't look particularly always happy in Paris, looks like a different player when he's playing yes. with Brazil. And if you have a happy Neymar, you definitely have one of the best players that could probably carry you into the World Cup. I mean, they're one of my favorites, I have to say. Um, what about Argentina, though? I mean, we're speaking a lot about Brazil. What about Argentina? They're like... Portugal and like I no way really I don't know if they're a team no like, they are there are a lot of talented individuals and I think that Scandaloni's kind of started to figure things out um, he's a younger manager unlike Portugal's manager who seems to be kind of rigid in the way that he does things I, my, I just it's that Leo Messi question it's just like Cristiano it hangs over you like how do you make it work well, I think I think it's working. I think it's working. I think Scaloni Scaloni has done an amazing job of bringing players that never play in Argentina. They're part of the national team. Cuti Romero from Tottenham. He's playing with the national team, and he's actually putting a team together. Messi is just uh, the the cherry on top. He's playing with like Neymar, happy with the national team. Not the same with PSG. Uh, I believe Argentina uh, can make a great World Cup. I don't see them as as uh, potential champions. Mm -hmm. But if Messi is inspired, you never know. Yeah. Never know. The weight off his shoulders winning Copa America. Yeah. Maybe. Without maybe. a doubt, yeah. All right, we're going to move along. 
A shout out to New Zealand as we'll know who knocked out Solomon Islands yesterday to make the intercontinental playoff against Costa Rica. We'll find out tomorrow which group that berth and everyone else is in at 9 a.m. Pacific. Join us on our YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, as well as the Soccer OG, that's Mex Bredos' YouTube page. We've got you covered. All right, it's time for a little segment we like to call Tap-In Merchant. It's 110 Football's version of fill-in-the-blank, or like Mad Libs. Uh, we're in the World Cup mode, so we'll keep this edition of Tap-In Merchant World Cup theme. Okay. None of us know the topics we're about to see, but is everyone ready? That means you got to get your whiteboards now. Oh, uh, okay. Best, pen, best penmanship if you can. Okay. Sorry about my writing. Apologize. Don't worry. We've, Apologize we've, we've done advance. this before, and my, my writing always gets voted the worst. Okay, so okay. If, if you're better than mine, you're good to go. Uh, let's get what our first question is. First World Cup theme question. Hmm. Sprinkle it on I'm top. Nervous. There nervous. we go. Okay. The front one, the front runner for the world, front runner to win the World Cup is blank. So write down, but hold it. We don't show right away. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready, I'm ready. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jess, you're We're the outlier, talking. so why France? Oh, that, so I, I don't know. So okay, I think they had a, a nice little wake-up call in the Euros, where they were definitely favorites because they had won the World Cup. I just don't think you can look past Mbappe, Pogba, Conte. Like these players are phenomenal, and they they're already a team. And so I think they needed that wake-up call in the Euros that you're not as good as you think you are. You still need to keep working. And in the World Cup qualifiers, I mean, they've been excellent. They've been outstanding. Even against really tough opposition, they've kind of just done their thing. So I think they'll have a resurgence, another really good campaign. And although I, I'm with you guys, Brazil is my team. That's the team that I want to win. I think they'll do a good job. I think after what I've seen with France, I think you have to put them as a front runner. It was the last time somebody won back-to-back -back World Cups. Oh, good question. It has Brazil. Yeah, it was, it was, it was Brazil. It was Brazil, the pentacampeão. Uh, I feel yeah. like they're due. You know, I, I was, be, I was between, I was between mm -hmm. France uh, and Brazil. Okay. Oh. Okay, we're gonna move on to our next right, topic. Right. Let's see what. Let's see what. Our so, next am I winning anything? If no, no, no. Uh, I mean, no, hey, we just started. No prices. No prices. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's see what we got. Next topic. The dark horse to make a deep run is blank. Oh, okay. Okay, do you, ha do you have yours? Wait, wait. I, I was, <laughs> hold on a second. Come on. How, how's Spain? Yeah, Spain first of all, be a Spain dark is not a, horse. can't be a dark horse. But then neither you know why. <laughs> what is a horse? I know, but. But they're not saying they're going to win. You laughed at me when it's I said deep, that maybe a North American team could deep, could win. I, I don't think they're going to win, but I think okay. I, I think they make a deep run. You know, I think making it to the semifinals like Costa Rica did once, it would be a great uh, tournament for them and a huge surprise for Kenneth. It's not a competition, but points to him for picking the truest dark horse. Jess, explain yourself. <laughs> okay, I cheated a little bit, but um, let me explain. You know, I, I have I have a reason. So even though Spain are, they've. Spain 
are an amazing team, but they have fallen off over the last couple of years. Let's keep it real. But what Luis Enrique is doing with this new reinvigorated Spain team, I, I don't think a lot of people would count them as the winners. I think some people have forgotten about them over the years, you know, especially, I don't know, maybe the last four years or so, but Spain for me is kind of a dark horse. Um, I agree they dropped off, but it was like literally like a year. I but they're, they're in great form, actually. They are. They have good, they have good, they have good young players in Barcelona. It's fair enough. It's Barcelona's fair enough. looking Our good Our fans again. over there say, said Spain, the Netherlands, U.S. as well. So, all right, all right, all right. It's right. really dark horse. They're weird. Netherlands is always Netherlands are never. All right. oh. Next topic. What is it? The Goliath to crash out early will be oh, blank. Easy. Gosh. Okay, so <laughs> per our conversation earlier on in this in in this show, I just I know that they got through, but I am not convinced by this team at all. I do think that they will struggle again in the group phase, and I think they'll go out again. I just don't think that they they've come together to get through, but I'm not convinced by them at all. Really, mm. sorry. I actually agree with Mariano's, but I just I went France because I thought it was an even bigger upset. But I really agree with yours because England, the past few tournaments, the only way they've really done well is through set pieces. And if other teams catch up to the way they're doing set pieces, like they can't win from open. Play. They can win. They have Maguire as a center back. They don't have fullbacks. Uh, the Man United players are not in great shape in moment. Uh, I don't think England is going to make it. And guys, it's not coming home this time, so don't worry. Don't worry. Love it. Brutal. Love it. All right, next topic. I also say about France because no one really wins back to back, and you know France always has that self-destruct button, so maybe that could happen. Maybe Mbappe. that could happen. All right, there let's see. Go. Let's see What's what next? our next topic is. The player whose stock will rise the most will be blank. Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, Gio Reyna, he's an amazing talent for Borussia Dortmund. Every, everybody's thinking about Christian Pulisic. He doesn't have that pressure of, of performing and with freedom. We saw at a second stadium what Gio Reyna can do with time and space. He will be in a better, he will be in better shape. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, with Gio Reyna playing freedom, with freedom, he will be a great uh, player to probably move to one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Bigger uh, than bigger than Dortmund. My choice circles back to my dark horses a little bit. I See. really like this player. Okay. He's not going to be at Benfica long, and there are already rumors that he's going somewhere else. But I just love Darwin Nunez. 6'2", can link up play. Mm. He's quick. He's a poacher at times. He This kid is going to score some goals. He's, I think he's just 22. He will not be at Benfica. Okay. And in and, and, and the mind that you guys have, you guys have, teammates so it looks like Dortmund's gonna be making a lot of money uh, <laughs> this summer because Gio Reyna's gonna do well Jude Bellingham we haven't I even brought up it, but it's Gio Reyna it's Gio Reyna I chose Jude Bellingham because unlike Mariano I think England's gonna do well and oh. I think <laughs> wow. a big reason is he gonna play though because they didn't really use him remember he will play he will play he better because, play. okay because England will realize and even if you when the, um in the last game that they played Jude Bellingham jumped off of the TV like he was excellent he's yes. he's he's definitely going to be one of their he's definitely going to be one of their best midfielders and he'll 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 weasel his way into that starting lineup and people are going to really be talking about jude i don't think he's going to move this this summer 
Um, but next summer, for sure, I mean, he's a $100 million 19-year-old. Like, wow. he's that good. I back him. I yeah. back him so much. I agree with you, but Gareth Southgate just doesn't seem to like him, so I'm worried. He's, he's going to play him. Well, I mean, he's if they're play. in need, you know, if they're in need. All right. All right, last topic, last one. The biggest name not to go to Cutter is oh. blank. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, this is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We're praising Cristiano Ronaldo. Zlatan is a great player. You know, he's he's Still? a he well, he's a character. He can't move. He go he goes with Milan and score goals. You know, I mean, not he, anymore. I know he's old. Well, he's not playing. He was injured. But I want to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic That's retire old. You get with the national team. Well, Ronaldo is 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 going to a national team. I really wanted Zlatan to finish his career in the big stage which was which was the, the world cup man i'm sorry it's my heart more than more than my mind i went with <laughs> with my italian brother enrico chiesa he is injured uh they could have used him to maybe even get to the world cup uh he's just not a, he, he's like the hipster pick right but yeah. he's so he's so much fun to watch uh, i love the way he dribbles i love how direct he is and then just his passion when he scores goals he really really loves to score goals <laughs> yeah uh, i went with holland um yeah. i just think I just think, you know, this is a player that is really neck and neck with Mbappe as like that next, the next Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi. They're really trying to to pump that up. And when you look at how Dortmund crashed out of the Champions League and then later crashed out of the Europa League, um, Dortmund's form, he's not really playing at the highest level for club or country. Yes. And so when you look at Mbappe, he's really just kind of, he's getting to do all of that where Holland is not able to take advantage of that. World Cup only comes around every four years, and it's it's unfortunate not to see him there because I, I do think, just like Gio, just like Jude, yes. Dortmund have such good players, and he's one of them, and it, it's a shame he's not going to be there. Can Holland's I add Mo Salah here? Yeah, I was about just about to say, Holland's the obvious one, but none of us well, took Mo Salah. I thought someone was going to have Mo Salah. Yeah, well, we, I was we about. spoke about him already. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think he is the biggest one, you know? Yeah. Okay. That, I, I love when we get to use the whiteboards. All right, let's get back into club football, and there's no bigger stage than the UEFA Champions League. Man, why is this show built to hurt me? We're gonna talk. <laughs> it wasn't me. We're at the quarterfinal stage with four great matchups. Jeez, oh, all, we've all got our little signs in front of us, our little emojis with all the teams on them. On the count of three, we'll all hold up okay. which team we think will win. The, then we'll, we can discuss the first matchup is the English champs Manchester City versus the Spanish champions Atletico Madrid. So find find those okay. two. I got them. Okay. You got them? Are you yes. ready? Okay. Yes. Three, two, one. Wow. Okay. They can haven't I? been in the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, I mean, yes, of course. All right. So we all know what Manchester City, now that PSG is out, have the most pressure to win the Champions League. Manchester City has not done it yet. And if you know anything about Pep, he's, when he gets to this stage in the competition, he starts to overthink. And we're going to see total football versus anti-football. Simeone <laughs> yes. knows what he's doing in these scenarios. We saw it with Manchester United, and I think he can be a Manchester killer at this Ooh. point i just feel like there's a lot of pressure on man city right now to do it and it's not i mean there's pressure on atletico but 
the the difference the difference in the styles, the way that Simeone knows how to get these games over the line, mm -hmm. the re the way that Manchester City doesn't like to play against teams that play in a low block. They want you to come out so that they can hurt them. And if you watch Spurs play against Manchester City um, in the in the Premier League, yes, sit in a low block, play on the counter attack. You can hurt City that way. I think Atletico is going to do something. See, but I, I love what Pep said leading into this because everyone said that to him. Basically, it was like, well, you're going to come up against a team that's going to sit deep. You don't like playing against those. And I love that he just leaned in. He was like, he likes to counterattack. I like to counterattack more. He doesn't want to give up goals. I don't want to give up goals more. I just feel like he's locked in this time. I feel like this will be one time where he doesn't overthink it. He figures out the right combination. It's usually it's usually the later stages that he slips up or like in finals where he, yeah. over, he overdoes it semifinals. So I just... I love the mentality that he's got going. I feel like he's got it. And like Favorite Isaiah coach said, ever. play with a defensive midfielder this time. Maybe. For example, <laughs> you know, I'm going against my, my soccer philosophy because I love Man City. Mm -hmm. It's one of my teams. But I, I agree completely with you. And I also believe that uh, Cholo Simeone knows how to play these type of matchups. Mm -hmm. He gets into their opponent's head and plays the way they, don't, they know. Uh, they don't like to play. So the play is going to be played the way apparently Pep Guardiola wants. But it's a lie. Cholo Simeone feels comfortable without the ball, and the players are buying that idea with Atletico. Uh, sadly for me, I think Atletico will advance. Okay. Let's move on to our next matchup. It is Bayern taking on Villarreal. Do you have your two? Mariano's got his. Ready. Jess. Okay. Three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. Bayern's the most complete team in the competition, I, I feel like. I mean, Villarreal... They took out Juventus, who is not a complete team. Doesn't really know how to do do what they're doing, and actually played <laughs> pretty well. They they should have they should have after the first half they had kind of like Italy. They should have went on to win, but Villarreal waited it out, stuck them out. I just you're not going to be able to do that against Bayern. Well, also before I mean I think we're we're all saying Bayern because we know that beyond Liverpool and City, they're they're the next they're they're right up there with them. But let's respect Unai Emery a little yes, bit. I, I mean, agree. this is somebody who I think gets so much disrespect. He's an excellent coach. Has won the Europa League four times mm -hmm. with two different teams, and he's gotten his team to this this stage of the competition by just being himself and being a really good coach, an above average team playing for him, and he is like an expert at these knockout competitions. So I think it'll be more difficult than people think. It's not going to be a, just um, an easy day at the office for Bayern. I think Villarreal will make it difficult, but Bayern's quality will show through. But got to respect Unai Emery. He's an excellent yes. coach. Yeah, without a doubt. I think the difference is the quality. You can play the same formation, same philosophy, two coaches, Nagelsmann and uh, Unai Emery, but the quality, it's it's... It's it's I mean it's a perfect machinery, right? So it's kind of tough to go against they Bayern. Just have, they have so many weapons. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Neuer could score a goal. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we got Liverpool uh, versus Benfica. Okay, okay. Okay. So find your find your. By the way, Benfica's there. You go. Crest just phenomenal. Three, two, one. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Uh, but again, wait just so I can hold it up. Shout out to this crest. <laughs> Incredible. It is. It is. It's it really is. good. You know, I mean, but I think you have teams that are uh, contenders and you have teams that are just participants. And mm -hmm. I think Benfica is a participant, the same as Villarreal. And I think Liverpool is a serious contender to win the Champions League. So yeah. they have so many weapons, so, so many tools. So it, it's kind of hard, same as Bayern, to go against Liverpool. Yeah. 
Benfica is also kind of, I, I don't want to say that they're lucky to be here. They're just but, happy to be there. But yeah, there because go. Ajax really, if they had finished some of their chances, mm -hmm. Darwin Nunez wouldn't have had the opportunity yes. to score that that goal. So I think they're a really, they're a good team, but Liverpool is, for me, the best team on form, like right now in the world. Mm -hmm. Like they are hitting, they're clicking another gear. They're right below Manchester City, maybe one point behind them point, yes. in, in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. And so Klopp is going to win something. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's this competition. Wow. And there's gonna be an, wow. there's gonna be an angry Mo Salah that really <laughs> wants to win something too. So maybe maybe Benfica should have uh, hoped that uh, yeah. Egypt could have pulled it out because that might have helped them out. All right, last matchup. This is <laughs> this, this is, is a really fun matchup. Ooh, it's Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Everybody got it. Yes. Okay, three, two, one. Ooh. Wow. Really. <sighs> Oh, he's switching. No, I mean. <laughs> it's like it's somebody like, has to have an alternative view. <laughs> this is okay, you know what? You the, know, this is I, I was in match. between, and I will explain in a little bit, but go ahead. Okay, this for me, this is going to be the best match, but I just think the style that Carlo Ancelotti has, where he kind of just doesn't do anything and lets the players figure it out, it's just, <laughs> it only works for so long, and then you come up with, against a Thomas Tuchel who is going to think about every last detail. And then even when that guy, Lukaku, is not playing well, you can bring in Havertz and play him as your nine. You could have Pulisic play as your nine. There's just so many weapons. Whereas if, and as we saw uh, against Barcelona, if Madrid is without Kareem Benzema, yeah. yeah, Vinny's good, but you did really need Kareem Benzema. And if you can shut down Kareem Benzema, you can win this match. Yeah, every, I mean, I agree with you. Everything says that these guys, Chelsea, are the favorites. But look, 13, 13 champions league and we saw what happened against PSG right so you have quality if you have Modric if you have Tony Cross if you have Casemiro and Benzema is there yeah. I mean, you, you cannot say oh no they don't have a chance because they will wait just for that specific moment to hurt you and I want to see Chelsea uh, under pressure under uh, you know some uh, situation where they have to change the way they play I'm not sure if Tuchel is, is, is the, the right coach to do that. Oh. Even 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 them winning the Champions League. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think Chelsea is going to really just do, just, they're just going to do it. I'm sorry. I can't see Real Madrid, you know, because really PSG should have won last mm -hmm. time around. Mm -hmm. I think Real Madrid hung on long enough and PSG imploded. I don't think Chelsea are going to implode. This doesn't feel like an imploding team. It feels like a team that is, especially with everything going on with their ownership, they are unified to try to push that club forward. And like Vince has already said, all the weapons that they have and then that additional athleticism and youthfulness that Chelsea has is not going to be fun for Cruz, hmm. for Modric, for Casemiro. Yeah. They got old legs. They, have, they have, still have it up here, but I just think Chelsea's going to have too much for him. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys. Well, I think it's time for you guys to send us your questions. We want to hear from you. We want to uh, you know, read what you're thinking, your opinions. Uh, so, uh, do you guys want to read some of those uh, questions? Well, I've got I've got sure. some that they've already they've already brought some questions that have kind of disappeared since then. So I got one. So guys, if you have questions, start sending them in now. Uh, but I have one. That I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out to the crew right here. Mm. Uh, it's from. Obed Martinez, and he asked, what is the most prestigious trophy that you can win in football? Wow. What is your opinion? And I think, let's go, uh, let's go like club, let's say, you could, 
put Champions League versus World Cup? Let's let's say all of them, like all of them up for grabs for you. Whoa. Prestigious. What would have been the one that would have been the most prestigious to win? Copa Copa Libertadores. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, and I'm gonna explain that's, why. That's yeah. Because I, I I play Copa Libertadores. I cover Champions League for several years, and Champions League. Everything is nice. Mm -hmm. You go to uh, Santiago Bernabeu and you go to the Emirates, and, and it, the, the field is amazing. They treat you very well. If you if you put Copa Libertadores, when you go to Brazil, they don't let you use the they don't let you use the locker, the locker room. When you go to Bolivia, the altitude, you have they have tanks like these. They don't let you use the field for practices. So it's a different level of complication winning Copa Libertadores. So in terms of prestige, yes, Champions League. But uh, as a former player, uh, I think uh, Libertadores is harder. Jess, you can only win one trophy. Which one are you winning? I guess this is just, I guess my, my bias, because I, I watch a lot of the Premier League, but I would say probably the Premier League. Mm. I, I do think with the quality of that league, it's really hard to win it. And if you can win it multiple times, you're an excellent team and probably have an excellent manager. Wow. And so just being an Arsenal fan for like basically my entire life, if I could hold up that trophy, like mm -hmm. that would be wow. my thing. I'd, I just love that league, that competition, the level of competition, the, Engl the English game. And yeah, that, that would be mine, even over the Champions League. Wow. Still the World Cup. No, it's yeah, still the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah, the it, World Cup. I mean, I mean, maybe if they don't go every four years. I mean, even if it's every two years, just the fact that the the qualifying that you go go through, and then every you know all the countries, like you said, only eight teams have ever won. Especially if you're a team that can finally push through for your nation. Like if you're, you know, we've already talked about Netherlands. Yeah, it's exactly. Like if they could finally get a, a World Cup. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I just feel I'm old-fashioned in that way. I'd say it's got got to be the mm. World Cup. <laughs> All right, so we have a question from David Wallace who says, who gets knock, not, who gets to the knockout stage not from UEFA, Comnable, CONCACAF? Is that how it is? Oh, so somebody from like Oceania or Asia or, oh, okay. Or, um, or AFCON. AFCON, yeah. I mean, Ooh, okay. Senegal has been a very good team for a, a long agree. time. And they now have players like Sadio Mane who play mm -hmm. at the highest level. They've been adding more and more. Uh, they have a very good coach. But I'm gonna go South Korea. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I saw something today that somebody posted about South Korea that before uh, Paulo Bento took charge, which is kind of cool that they brought in a manager with different ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, before he took charge, they were somewhere around uh, like in the high 40s in the FIFA ranking, and now they're all the way up to 29. Like uh, that yeah. much movement in an area where like they're playing teams that are not the, the best quality, which means they're really playing well and they're winning yes. a lot of their games. So that's how FIFA's moving them up their ranking. Mm -hmm. I think South Korea can get through. Hmm, hmm. I think Senegal, you know, I think Senegal, the momentum that they have uh, winning the, the cup, you now qualifying uh, with Mane being uh, their leader. I think they're gonna use that momentum that Nigeria use uh, sometimes in the World Cup. I think it, it's Senegal. Yeah, I mean, I would, I have to say like the same thing like <laughs> well, what yeah. about what about I saw Ghana? Your idea. we haven't talked really about Ghana at all I they, don't think Ghana will make it um the Ivory Coast maybe mm -hmm. um the Ivory Coast like they're a team that they played against France the other day and they didn't look out of like a fish out of water mm -hmm. um they have very good players like Frank Kessie he's obviously gonna yes. be going to Barcelona um Zaha Pepe Haller he plays for for Ajax like they have a lot of really good players and so depending on their group, they may be able to get to the knockout stages. Yeah, um, that's a lot thing. of their players play at, the, at a very high level. Yeah, that's the thing. We have to wait for the draw, right? To see who, it's who has the It's always all about chance. the draw. Yeah, exactly. 
but I'm with Senegal. Yeah. Speaking of the draw, we'll be doing oh. a World Cup draw watch party there tomorrow. You go. Night. Okay, <laughs> Please join us back here for that. Back here for that. All right, guys, we're going to move along to, to stoppage time. So thanks, everyone, for your questions. Um, it's always fun to take questions from you. But stoppage time, if you're new here, basically it's our panel's chance to just rant about something that just came top of mind. And so we're going to go. They get about, you get about a minute. So, Jessica, you are up first. What is your stoppage time topic? And go. Yeah, so my stoppage time topic is just enjoy qualifying for the World Cup in terms of the U.S. the U.S. men's national team. I think, you know, Vince had talked about it earlier. We were all discussing it, that the discourse online is a little bit like a disappointment, like because we didn't beat Costa Rica and it was it kind of took away from it. But when you don't qualify for the World Cup in 2018 and then you turn around and also don't qualify for the Olympics, there's so much pressure on a young group that's very inexperienced. And I think some of that that pressure really got to them in that Costa Rica game. You kind of have to throw it away and just remember that when watching the World Cup in 2018 was so difficult because we weren't in it. And so I guess my thought is kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Just be patient, allow this team to grow on its own. There's obviously going to be a, a time and a place to say like, are we where we need to be? Should we be pushing? Do we need something different? But right now, I think the story is just qualifying with a young and inexperienced group that with some of them really facing some adversity and really feeling the pain of not qualifying in 2018. So that's, that's kind of like my little thing is just be patient and just enjoy the moment because qualifying is really where it starts and who, know, who knows where we could actually go with this, this team in, in the World Cup. Hmm. <laughs> I've been told to shout out Isaiah. Yeah, shout out I mean, to you, Isaiah. And that's I a good, we were just talking about that, right? Yeah, what I tell people who complain about qualifying but losing to Costa Rica, we qualified because we took care of business early. I mean, we earned the right was, I think to, that was to lose, I think. <laughs> we, we, we earned the right to, to lose that game. And I get it, like I get the, well, we should have beat them because this and that. But like this team was under so much pressure. You could just feel it. It, it was qualifying was very difficult for them. So I'm proud of them. All right, I you, love watching. The you went into Fergie time now. This is beyond stoppage time. <laughs> this is beyond stoppage time. Let, let me seconds. get to mine because this is this is painful for me. I'm going to oh. twist the knife a little bit more. <laughs> we talked a little bit about how we can find ways for a team like Italy to get in. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all because that's sports, baby. Like, this is how it's supposed to work. <laughs> Italy didn't do their job, and it hurts me. And I'll, it's funny that I brought up Fergie. The only thing that I could post after it happened was football bloody hell. I need moments like this. You need teams to drop out the big guns. Yes, will the World Cup be a, worse off for not having a team of Italy's quality? Probably, just because they really were a good team. But end of the day, this is sports. That's why I wish North, North Macedonia would have taken that next step and gone all the way to be our Cinderella. But this is sports. If you don't qualify, you shouldn't be in, and we shouldn't be finding ways to artificially put teams in that don't deserve it. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay, so you didn't like my idea uh, about... I, I loved right. it. I'll my heart it. loved it, it, but I'll my brain it. was like, this, <laughs> yeah, is the, yeah, yeah. this is the competition. Okay. Hey, yeah. like you always say, there's no crying. There you, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm crying. I'm crying because Gerardo Tata Martino was hired as a Mexican national team manager to take the Mexican national team to the next step. Yes, we qualify. We always do. You know, first, second, third. It, it really doesn't matter, as my brother Ben said. But uh, if we continue down this path, I'm not sure if November is going to be a 
Happy November for the Mexican national team fans. I think Gerardo Martino has a lot of experience with Barcelona, Paraguay, Argentina. He has what it takes to take a team to the next level. But lately, the Mexican national team looks that uh, he's stuck with ideas, with the creation of football, and somehow, Players that are playing for the national team with their clubs are in great shape and form. When they come to the national team, they don't look like that. Chucky Lozano, Tecatito Corona, and players that have a lot of quality there. And when they were required, uh, responded to, to, to Gerardo Martino like Diego Laines, they didn't even have a chance. So we need a change. Is it Gerardo Martino? I don't know. Is this uh, some of the players? I don't know, but surely need a change, either a, a philosophy type of football, but we need to change something before we get to the World Cup. If not, I'm not sure if we're going to be celebrating in November. Okay, quickly, before we go, because we okay. got to get out of here, is there any chance that Tata Martino is not coaching this team in November? Well, uh, What would have to happen? The, the executive said no, there's no chance Martino is going to the World Cup. But I know that inside, um, they're not happy with the performance and they, they're thinking and they're seeing if there's any more options out there, especially a Mexican coach to uh, take Mexico to, to the World Cup and play the fifth game finally. So we'll see. Isaiah is shouting out Piojo. Thank you. Would there you Piojo, go. Piojo is one of them. Would he be your choice? Piojo is one. Yeah, it's my choice. Okay. Piojo, yeah. Miguel Herrera will be there. Well, it's going to be a long seven <laughs> months for El Tree because yes. there's going to be a lot to talk about. But thank you, everyone, for watching, and thank you to Jessica and Mariana for helping me fill the Canadian-sized void that is Connor Colopsis. He was out sick today. Oh, so, unfortunately. get better. All right, guys, the fun continues tomorrow with the World Cup draw. Watch party, as I've said, over and over again. So join us tomorrow. Join us as we find out where every qualified nation ends up. Like we said, the draw is the most important thing for this team. So it is, yes. We're simulcasting on our channel, One Ted Football's YouTube, as well as Max Fredo's Soccer OG YouTube page. We'll also be live on our Twitter and Facebook pages as well. Then on Saturday, we've got another LAFC watch party. The Black and Gold travel to Orlando at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. And we'll be live here from our for your two-screen experience on the 110 Football YouTube channel. So that's what's coming up. And again, thank you, Mariano. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you to you guys, thank you guys for checking out our new show. This has been Football Without Borders, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, we'll be here. With, Fun. Fun. With a lot, lot more world talk. This is a, there's this a, lot a lot to talk about. <laughs> of course, yeah. This is I'm a lot. actually tired. Yeah, yeah, you guys are pros. All right. We'll see you guys in the morning. <laughs> Let me get some coffee.